0: Tacovas, oh yeah. I was just looking at some pictures of a concert Luke Bryan, my wife and I went to, I don't know, 10 years ago. She had some old cowboy boots on. This is like a couple weeks ago. And I said, You, you need some new boots because we're going to see Luke Combs. So she went to tecovas.com, and they're just perfect. She loves them. You can do the same. You go to tacovas.com. These boots are Austin designed, Texas tested handmade down in the boot capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. If you've ever wondered, can I pull off cowboy boots? Then you should pull on a pair of Tacovas and you'll see they'll become your new favorite footwear. Cowboys knew what they were doing when they invented Western wear, and it's all kinds of Western staples. Trucker jackets, the perfect jeans to go with your boots, performance pearl snaps, cowboy hats, bandanas, you name it, they'll get you outfitted. If you can't make it to a store, Tecovis delivers the most premium quality, most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. Can I tell you about my friends? Very, very good
1: friends. And mainly because I've been using this app for a long time. Game time. They are the best ticket app I've ever used. You shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. You want to go to a concert? You want to go watch Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and Draymond make a little playoff run? Well, that's where you use GameTime. You just download the app on your smartphone, and you can search any event. Concerts, comedy shows, games, pro and college. Search by price point or search by where you want to sit at the venue. It gives you sightline on the app, and uh, it's real easy. Buying tickets in seconds with like two taps. I cannot recommend it enough, and here's what we're doing for you. When you use the promo code HAM, H-A-M, you save $20 off at checkout. That's promo code HAM at checkout, and save $20 to any event. Download the GameTime app now.
0: I got to tell you about the Eufy video lock. I've spent years trying to upgrade my security system at the house, With one of those big name companies that, I'll be honest, sucks. I got the Eufy Video Lock and it's an automatic improvement. That's Eufy, E U F Y, Video Lock. It's easy to install, just a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required. And now I've got the keyless entry. I always go for walks. I don't wanna take keys. I hate stuff in my pockets. I go without the keys. The fingerprint recognition lets me in in less than one second. There's no monthly fees. You have your recordings locally. You never have to pay for storage. I love knowing that doorbell ring was just a delivery. I don't have to jump up and get it. Or if I'm out of town, I can look, I can see the landing in front of the door and tell the neighbor, hey, do you mind swinging by and picking up something? I love the three-in-one video smart lock from Eufy and you will too. So search Eufy Video Lock, E-U-F-Y Video Lock or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world. The nerds will help you get smarter about balancing your portfolio and avoiding scams so your money is just as safe as betting against the Cowboys in the playoffs. Planning your tax bill so you don't dread April every year. And saving on travel, vacations coming. You spend less on airfare, it means you're not choosing between surf or turf. It's surf and turf for dinner and maybe even an extra night stay. So listen to wallet Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Middle Cough! Hey, behave! Another live podcast recording, John, coming to everybody on the podcast feed and recorded live in front of a YouTube audience. Or or like uh, Dave Letterman. Didn't he do uh, in front of a live audience? Absolutely. Everyone. They all, they used to say that all the time in front of a live studio audience, which no one realized really just meant taped. You know, yeah, because it was that like didn't didn't I got by? Uh, it threw me off. I had the YouTube
1: open, and then you know it's a little delayed, and then it, I hear you in my ear, but I'm looking at you. You're not talking, Letterman. Didn't they record at like five o'clock? I might right have been,
0: might have been even a little earlier. <laughs> so he was not there at eleven o'clock at night. Absolutely not, John. <laughs> how else was he driving home to hear uh, Hootie and the Blowfish? You know, uh, that's very 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 true. I, I've stumbled upon. Some day that last year,
1: do you know his favorite song ever was a Foo Fighter song? They sang it his last. Did it. They ever. did it the last show. Yeah, he loved his music taste for an older guy was a little unique. Mm-hmm. Like I think he really those guys that really made it big in the early nineties. I wonder if it's because like he was really taken off. Like he really gravitated toward the Whitney Houston's, the Foo Fighters, the you know, Pearl Jam's. I, the, think guys, I think a lot of those guys.
0: I think a lot of those guys. Grew up in Hollywood, not grew up like at a young age, but like, like cut their teeth at Hollywood. And you're saying Letterman? Yeah. Letterman was like a nightclub comedian oh, right, in yeah, Hollywood yeah, yeah. with Leno and all those other guys. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. And yeah. just had, were part of that. Like,
1: you know, I don't know. He, I don't he, think he, I think he appreciated a gr- uh, someone from the bottom kind of coming up.
0: Yeah. And just was, you know, he wasn't listening to the thing he listened to as a kid, because I think when you're in that world, you're just there's always a hot new band and. That singer might be in there to, in the comedy club with you that night. You know what I mean? I think it just kind of keeps you on the, on the forefront of the trends. He does have just kind of – he's always kind of on top of – he never yeah, felt he
1: old. For an older guy. For an older guy, right. yeah. Wasn't his kid named Harry.
0: His son is named uh, Harry. Yeah,
1: didn't he have a son when he was like sixty-eight yeah, years old? his son is like seven when he retired, and that was <laughs> how long ago? I mean, a decade. When did he retire? I, maybe five, six years
0: ago. I think it's more than. I think it's more than. Yeah, it you're right. Feels I've like.
1: stumbled a couple times on like the last week or month lead-up, and just some of like he had Howard Stern and Don Rickles on that last week. It was yeah. really funny. The top ten uh, with Peyton Manning. Yeah, he where did, each person uh, yeah, did big a Colts did guy. one. Yeah, big <laughs> he Colts was, fan. Uh, that was a special time. Yeah, There's going to be a generation of people that don't even... I mean, late night TV, it doesn't even exist anymore, really. No. Right? It's really an internet going viral.
0: You were a Dave guy more than Leno, right? Absolutely. I used to... I think I've mentioned this, so I'll keep it tight. But I used to... When I was doing the night radio show, I used to get home. Show ended at 11 p.m. I'd get home, couldn't sleep. I'd watch Letterman clips on YouTube till 1, 2 a.m. I loved Letterman. Yeah. I used to stay up for it when I was a kid. I don't know how... Have I given you this take? how the world functioned, like how were all these people staying up late watching all these late night shows? I think I've given you that take. so. But
1: I don't know. Well, I mean, guy, if you live on the East Coast, Monday Night Football starts at 8.15, so yeah, you're a little more ingrained. I mean, his market was not L.A., it was New York. I think they are a little more wired on the East Coast to stay up a little later. Yeah, maybe. But but now it's
0: like now TB12 would tell you go to bed by 8 and catch the clips tomorrow. I agree. All right, don't forget, get your questions in for the mailbag because uh, we'll do a mailbag this week. The following week is the big draft week. We'll do a live draft stream that week on Thursday night when the Jags are on the clock. Haberman and Middlecoff are on YouTube. Just think of it that way. And then there'll probably be a Friday stream and maybe a Saturday stream and a Sunday stream. So it's going to be, as they say, in the urine business, a steady stream, John, a real thick, steady, strong stream. So be right. when Andy when Andy Dufresne
1: came out, the the pipes right and just it was flowing. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> think of that, <laughs> just poop, <laughs> just just covered in the yep, covered in the sewage. Uh, so, but get your mailbag questions in. You go to iTunes, you leave us a review, review five stars. That's how you get in the mailbag. What else can we Do- uh, promote here?
1: Uh, we got that, the YouTube channel, uh, our friends at wineaccess.com slash ham. Go check that out. We'll I'll get into that a little bit later. later.
0: We just, we, you and I just sent out a big shipment on wineaccess.com slash ham. Yeah. We're trying
1: to do some business with some business partners, you know? And what about our, uh, what about the apparel business we're diving into guy? Uh,
0: you know what? Let's, we just, uh, for, for the uh, podcast listeners, they will go to Instagram to see this, but where's our guy? Somebody, oh, here we go on the YouTube Matt Fox. Oh, I got to share this with you so you can see it all. It says, are the hats officially for sale? So why don't you continue on with what you're going to say right there?
1: So we got these hats. If, you, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see that little promo code ham. If you're listening on the podcast, it's pretty easy. You just go to one of our uh, our Instagram pages. That's this little app where you throw pictures up and you throw stories up. At Guy Haberman, at John Middlecoff, just our names. Very, Very easy. And you can see the pictures of
0: the hats—the so trucker hats that Kyle Shanahan wore the Super Bowl year. Some would call them the Shanna Ham hat. That's what some people are calling them. Uh, not me, just some people. So get on it right now. Twenty-five bucks shipped. That's the deal. So yeah. free shipping. Twenty-five bucks all in. Yeah, free shipping will arrive at your doorstep. So and uh, pretty easy. Yeah. There you go. You just, did, did you say the email? I did, did not you order. I did not. We say promo that now? code ham.
1: Promo code ham at gmail.com. You send an email to promo code ham at gmail.com with your address, with your Venmo, so we can send you a request for 25 hard ones, 25 bones, $25, and the color you want. Now, there's a chance, you know, what are we basically, 50-50? Yeah, uh, we actually, there's a few more blacks than reds. Yeah, we don't have an unlimited amount of inventory. We have a little over 90 hats, so if this goes well, we will... Maybe it's getting the apparel business.
0: Yeah, <laughs> we'll sending an email yeah. doesn't guarantee you a hat. We will we will f- fulfill the orders as they come in. Uh, once you once we request once we request your Venmo twenty five, that's how you know you're in and there's enough uh, product for you. So, and then Very we'll easy. ship them out. We'll get the we'll get the shipping department, John. The guys down in the uh, in the warehouse will process your order yeah. and uh, get that out. You know, Very we got easy. a supply chain, <laughs> workers comp, P breaks. You know, we got the whole I'm, thing. American made Absolutely not No these are not <laughs> these, Yeah we don't these, uh, One day we'll tell the story of these hats But uh, for yeah. now it's it's about buying You know so let's do it Alright man So it's great to have the stream Don't forget for those of you on the stream We, we get to your comments as well um, Sometimes as we go Sometimes at the end But um, I think what we've got to start with here John Is uh, the story that has uh, been sweeping the earth Right which yes. is apparently it's already done by the, by the time it was the shortest fad uh, in sports in a long time. You and I don't quite get locked in on soccer. A lot of people help educate us on soccer, the idea of a super league. And we're not going to talk about it from a soccer standpoint. We're going to talk about it from an NFL standpoint because we view the NFL as it is as a super league. Right. There is no other level to the super league. The NFL is a super league.
1: Well, to me, it's the only sport right now in America, team sport, where you could throw any matchup on Thursday night, let alone Sunday night or Monday night, and do enormous ratings. And that speaks to the power of the league. Like, there is a reason for the last couple decades, the majority of Sunday night baseball games involve the Yankee or the Red Sox because they move the needle nationally, unlike other teams. Like, the San Francisco Giants don't move the needle nationally once Barry Bonds left. Even the Dodgers, I mean, you could talk, I, they would maybe be in a little different category, but the, the Cardinals, I mean, th- these are massive brands. I mean, the Cardinals, who would they be the equivalent of in uh, in football? Like the Packers? Yeah. You know, you could, you can just ride the Green Bay. If Sunday night, if I told the NBC executives, 17 weeks, you're going to have to show every Packer game. Like they might, they'd think about it and be like, oh, that's not the worst thing in the world. Like, under no circumstances, if I just said, hey, you're going to show every Sunday night baseball game is just going to be who the Cardinals play that night. That would not be cool. That would not be okay. Now, the difference is soccer is a little like baseball in the sense of there's no cap. So Manchester United, I don't know that much about this. I think they led the charge on this, and I just saw their guys already out. They fired the guy, or he resigned, who led the charge on the Super League. I don't this think is like Super an episode league. of
0: succession, basically.
1: But I don't think the Super League, he might just be a little ahead of his time. Like, ultimately, this is where things are going. I believe in the NBA and baseball, which they already kind of are. There's a, And the NBA's made a killing off, historically, they're struggling now, of just riding the Lakers, you know, the big brands with the star players, right? LeBron, the Warriors, the last five or six years. That's what they do anyway. Now, the other, they basically subsidize the league. Right.
0: Yes, I do. Baseball—they're all a little unique, right? Baseball from a local standpoint is such a strong sport. There's just not a lot of things you throw on uh, in a market locally that gets that many people to watch consistently every night, right? True. It's just you don't. It's it's just baseball is really unique in that way, and so it makes it a little more valuable. Although if you don't rate in your local market, then it makes you less valuable. But look, there's no. I mean, there is kind of a salary cap, but whatever. To me, football is the great example of if you're good enough in football. If the Browns are good, if the Texans are good, if the Arizona Cardinals are good, if the Giants are good, or the Cowboys are good, you're never going to be the Cowboys or the Giants. But nationally, you can be a very strong, powerful brand. I do think the like what's the perfect number of teams? Twenty-eight. Like I think college. Football is a great conversation point here, right? College football has, in a given year, about, a, I think last year was 127 teams. That's low. Usually it's more. That would be the league you'd go Super League in, right? Fox would tell us, yeah, give us Ohio State, give us Michigan. CBS would be like, give us Alabama or ESPN now, I guess. Give us the, give us the SEC. Give us Oklahoma. Give us USC, right? I mean, Oregon. like, you could put together a college football Super League like Easily. that. Yeah. Like we, we talk Easily. about it. You have the power five and even that could get pared down where, where I think football is really unique
1: is I saw Schefter a couple weeks ago tweeted or Instagram that the schedule release will be after the draft and the schedule release now with the flexible schedules, even if you get four or five primetime games, we know that is, you know, subject to change. Right. This year, for the first time, I think Monday Night Football is going to be flexible late in the season. Obviously, Sunday Night has been for a long period of time, but it does give you a pretty good glimpse going into the season what the league views as the best teams. Right, the Browns are a great example. For the last couple decades, they have been a joke. They did not move. They they were an awful franchise. One season, they go to the playoffs. They win a game. If you had to guess of the seventeen games, three, four primetime games. You know, just when the schedule release comes out, a Monday night, maybe a couple Sunday nights. I think you Pittsburgh and I talked Baltimore about this the other day.
0: Didn't we look at their schedule and say they've got, I think the number we determined was three or four games you would not want on TV? The rest of them you'd want on TV. You're saying the, for, for Browns. the Browns? For the Browns, based yeah. on their opponents, there's like four games they don't want. The rest of them you'd want if I were the. So you can't put them all on,
1: but. But think how fast that changes. Like in basketball, the Suns are great. The Suns have been irrelevant for the last decade, right? They, they maybe they're rating this year locally, but if you put them on nationally, they ain't, people aren't going to watch. And that's the thing. Immediately the Browns, me, you, we have I don't care about the Browns at all besides like I'm a football guy. I like keeping up with the league. Like I will watch if they're good. I'm watching. Yeah. And if you give me a Sunday night like if you told me opening Sunday night football, Browns Ravens, I'd be like, yeah, that's a big game. Right, I mean that's they could easily do that. Right at Cleveland Sunday Night Football, Browns Ravens. I'd be like, Yeah, I, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> right. It, would it shock you if that's just opening weekend? Browns Ravens. So it, Sunday it Night would Football. work. One hundred. It would shock me it, a little bit. It would shock yeah, me a little bit. It's yeah. a little bit of a stretch, but I do think the Brown. If you put it in Cleveland, the
0: buzz with Lamar Jackson, it's an easy sell. Right, Baker versus Lamar. Yeah, you wouldn't. You wouldn't get the ratings from that game and go, Ah, should have gone with somebody else. That's not yeah. what would. Have. You'd go. Where where I do think soccer parallels
1: probably the NFL a little bit is like they're premium premium brands. Manchester United. I mean I I'm not a soccer Chelsea. aficionado. Yeah, Chelsea. Uh, Leeds. I think they've jumped back into it. The way it was described to me by someone with the 49ers. <laughs> He's like, think about the Raiders, how they've been a sleeping giant forever. And if they're good, like they can move the needle. That's yeah. what we thought Leeds were. That's why we got in the business. And what Leeds has been good and they got people boom, they made it to the Premier. People League, keep right? sending us messages about Leeds, so. So I, I I do think that like the, the the NFL, the Cowboys are probably the best example because they've been consistently averaged to below and they move the needle. But I think you could put like the Packers can have a down year and they'll move the needle. The Steelers. There are three or four just brands that Like, the Packers and the Steelers are good examples. They are not in top 10 markets. Obviously, the Packers definitely are not. But Pittsburgh, relative to, like, some of the major markets in America. I have seen the power of both those two brands at the Niners and the Raiders. And when I worked in the NFL, just away games, like... Their fan bases are massive. And then you just go, well, they've been good. The Steelers have been good for, what, 50 years? The Packers have been good now for 30. Like, yeah, when you're good for a long period of time, you accumulate more fans. Like, it's a, it's a, we always say it's a pretty easy formula. And the, soccer's the same way. You can be shitty, and then you get good like Leeds, or then you get good like uh, Man City a couple years ago when they hired Pep, and all of a sudden, you just gain way more fans. The Warriors are the best example. I've lived in Northern California beside going to college or moving to Philly a little time, but the majority of my life, the Warriors during that time were really, they get this, oh, we had a passionate, yeah, you guys were pretty nichey. Like you guys had this loyal, the group was small. Yeah, the now, you your team was fun, but not good. Right. And not that nationally relevant. I remember Shaq went on went on TV and was like, thought they played in San Francisco. He had no fucking clue. And they were so irrelevant that you wouldn't have that much of a clue, especially if you weren't a California or Northern California guy. You, you, you always stayed in the city. You came over on the bus. You're not even paying attention. But he realized once he started going to finals game and once it became so big, but they won for five years and they became a big deal. Winning. And I think the pushback on the Super League probably
0: in soccer is like you don't necessarily need it. Here's here's the other thing though. I do wonder their money I I their money's humongous, right? The soccer money is But isn't football massive. money enormous now? Football money's enormous too. But I do wonder if you got to a point I mean we are at that point, but if you had 10 Jerry Joneses, right? If there would be just some unrest like I do so much. We do so much. I do so much. Why am I sharing this? Now, the counter is like, well, you're sharing it because you don't have to play on Sunday or Monday or Tuesday. And because we've built this league up so much, Browns and Texans can play and you're still going to make money off that game.
1: But isn't that potentially inevitable in football? I think there is a generational gap where there's a respect level that if you're the Roonies... If you're the Maras, even if you go, you know, when we're good, we really carry the league for a couple years and the rating so high that, like, the Bengals, some of the, the Jags, they have nothing in common. The Arizona Cardinals have nothing in common with our ability to carry the league ratings-wise when we're good. But for the health of the league, this is a partnership. We're all in this together. We get somewhat carried. If we have a down year, we get it. That's how the older generation thinks. Our generation, and a.k.a. their kids, who are older than us, a lot of people in the NFL. A little less loyal, a little more... Like, Jerry is somewhat of an outlier for his generation, the way he thinks. Did you know that he negotiated a special jersey deal? Like, they they split the jersey sales. Someone forwarded me this a long time ago. One Like, every team gets a piece, 132nd. He gets his own. Or maybe it's 131st, because Jerry gets 100% of the profits. Oh, the Cowboy of Cowboys Yeah. Because he goes, well, I'm selling exponentially more than like seven teams combined yet i'm splitting it i and do think it'll, for that a long time ago
0: i do think it'll change as you get as the owners change over and it takes such extreme wealth to buy into the league that the people who buy in are not going to be there to buy in and then take a back seat and watch their team go like it will be fun money it is not going to be necessary i mean you're going to be making money because you're in the nfl but you're buying it because this is the fun that you want to have, right? Like Steve Ball. Well, isn't, isn't Tepper a good example?
1: Tepper's a he great example. He just paid $2.4 2. Like, he doesn't want to be like, David, you're new here. Yeah, I paid way more than all of you guys. And I viewed this as someone that buys at a condo and you're in a complex with people that rent. You can feel again, way lower. But it's just, you just go, well, I, I, I spent the most in a complex. If you buy a house in a neighborhood... Like I don't view ourselves as equal. Like you bought this house ten years ago for a hundred thousand dollars. I buy this house ten years later for a million dollars. Yet we all hand in hand in the community. Like I, I feel I'm more in de- I'm more involved in this than you. It's just it's human nature when you spend so much money and you go, this guy's profiting, but his entry point was nowhere near mine. Right.
0: Yeah. the o- The other thing is it's it's really the argument as the world they don't, changes, they, that's the, why they don't sell to randoms though, right. They don't, they don't, yes, because they get the to club. approve who comes into the club. Absolutely. The other, this is part of the argument why you don't expand either because your home market ticket sales, while significant, are dwarfed by your television revenues. And you don't need 40 teams to get on, to, to get on TV to play all day Sunday, right? They got enough teams to play all day Sunday, right? Now, would you want to go 60 teams so you could play every day of the week and teams alternate by weeks and you could just, you know. Double your inventory? Yeah, okay. Possible to dilute your product, though. Absolutely it is. Like, I... I, It's always... I noticed that that with
1: soccer sometimes. Like, on a Saturday morning, I get up. And if you get up, it's crazy. The older you get, you can't sleep in. And I used to be a diehard sleep-in guy. If you just get up at, like, 7 a.m. on Saturday, and there are no sports on, really, right? No American sports at that time. There's, like, the European tour. But if you go to NBC Sports Network or whatever, they play a lot of EPL, And you notice like there will be Manchester United playing a team I've you know a guy a non soccer guy I don't know who they're playing, and I wonder because there's so many teams over there where if you know it you're like oh this is a we're gonna kick their asses nobody the NFL doesn't really you're gonna have bad teams but at any moment the Bengals in a year could be really
0: good right Right. but they're but you're looking at it from across the right if you're living in the other if you're living on the other side of the world you might turn on and not know a lot about whoever an American football team right like well, my point country, is there are no. way
1: more teams over there than there are like the football team is a pretty finite set number hasn't sure. really changed in i a would long not time. change that
0: number if i were the nfl
1: yeah because you could justify Short-term like game. why don't we add 10 more teams and just kind of expand the league right? right but i do think you would have a law of diminishing returns i think so quarterback play shitty there's
0: only 15 games of them would as, as it is
1: 12 of them as it is because wouldn't you say that basketball is a good example of that. Like, let's keep expanding. It's like, I watch. You know, you can tell me there's never been more talent.
0: I think these games are pretty bad right now. I would not do that either. I'm with you. Even though Seattle does deserve a team. But we'll just move one of the teams that are in the league. One thing I've thought about from a college football standpoint is like, how many teams would that league be? Because to me, you could include like every part of the country. Like you want some West Coast teams. You want some Central Time Zone. You want some Northeast. You want some South. But I think you could basically make it you know, uh, I, I made a list of all the uh, stadium sizes. And in the West, our stadium sizes average 57,000, like Pac-12. In the SEC, their stadium sizes average 81,000. In the Big Ten, it's 74,000. In the ACC, it's 56,000. I think the interesting thing is the median, like the if we just rank them from top to bottom in each league and then just take the middle number, like the middle number in the Pac-12 is 53,000. Like that's middle. That's... Right in the middle. In the SEC, it's 81,000 people in a stadium. Is their middle. That's like your average. right? And aren't we a little skewed because the Rose Bowl is so big, most of them are probably in the 40s? If you take the Rose Bowl out, it's 54,000 is the average. So, yeah, the Rose What's Bowl is big at 91. Oregon's 54,000 seats. Oh, so they've added seats, huh? Um, but I think you could basically, you, you know, I don't know what you would do, but let's just ballpark it. You'd go... Oregon, Washington, you'd want both LAs. Even You'd have to get UCLA going, right? USC. But you'd want that market, right? If you were doing like a super league. Oh, I see what you're saying. You know, you go AM, LSU, Alabama. It's hard to leave somebody out. Florida. Georgia. Yes. Auburn. You the better way leave. to talk about it is who do you leave out of the SEC? Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State, Nebraska have to be in. Wisconsin, Wisconsin, Notre Dame, Notre Dame, yep. ACC, Clemson, Florida State,
1: Miami. You could you could just say pick one between Florida State, and Miami, if you're taking Florida,
0: right? Big Twelve, Texas, Oklahoma. <laughs> Good league. There you <laughs> go. You got. You, you, we made our super league. Um, all right. Okay. So yesterday. Monday, for those of you listening on Tuesday. But Monday, John, was the big Trey Lance Pro Day. And we broke down every throw that we had access to via the videographer of North Dakota State, thanks to that person. The question now is, the Pro Days are done. The draft is a week from Thursday. The travel is over. Time to head back to the office. Do the 49ers know who they're drafting? You know what's funny is, I'm laying
1: in bed last night. I got in bed pretty early, like Tom Brady style, like 845. And I get, a, I look at my phone. It's like, did you hear anything from North Dakota today? And it's Greg Papa. I said, no, did you hear anything? Like, I, Kyle ain't texting me. What, no, I mean, you just, did you watch the clips that I watched? I mean, I, I don't know. So I, I think it's fair to say is everyone's out of the loop on this. And two, like, that was a big day. I think these pro days... You know, I'd even argue back to Mac when they went, Justin Fields and clearly on Monday were big moments in this search. Okay, I don't think, you know, on a typical year when guys go to pro days, I don't know how much truly is there because you get this thing called a top 30 visit, meaning you can bring 30 players to you. And if the Niners had a top 30 visit, I think it's fair to say that Mac, Trey Lance, and Justin Fields would have guaranteed you know, once they made the trade, they would have been brought out all three would have got private workouts with probably Kyle McDaniels and Scangarello and and probably John Lynch there too. Right. And Jordan Matthews, those, those, those aren't possible like that. They, they don't exist. So I think the Niners, and we talked about this on Sunday, like I think they created this and it's P- more and more national people are saying, yeah, this the Niners kind of ran this, specifically the Trey Lance one. Like, they ran the workout. I, I, we had talked about the the Justin Fields because that just felt like the momentum was there. It was so sweet. But then you really kind of take a step back. You start putting the pieces of the puzzle. You're like, well, they told him to get with John Beck the moment they made the trade. That's nothing. That's not anything. Jordan Matthew was his wide receiver there. They ran the workout, basically. It's like, has Trey Lance been their guy the whole time? When they, well, The thing I'll be fascinated, if Trey Lance is the pick, they made that pick knowing his talent, the more and more he did a pro day and got in front of other coaches and GMs, he would never be there at 12. And they didn't want to risk, who knows, if they get to six. Maybe they get into a bidding process on draft night. Because as I text with Greg, he's like, we're talking about Mac Jones and like, I get it. He processes well, and he's got a little good feet in the pocket. You can't convince me that they couldn't have got Mac Jones at six. Like, why
0: wouldn't they have just done one first-rounder on draft night? I think, if, if it turns out they—I I like where you're going with this, because if they do draft Trey Lance, what you just said is part of what they were talking about when they talked about paying a premium, right? They weren't just talking about trading up to number three, on Thursday night while the Jags are on the clock and then the Jets draft and then we have a trade. They weren't just talking about that. They were also talking about today. They were talking about what happens after everyone gets more time to dive into Trey Lance after everybody gets to watch Trey Lance. What happens then? Right. This is to your point. Like John Lynch is kind of not, he's not just saying we think the price would have gone up on draft day. We think the price might've gone up a week before. And right now, Today, after Trey Lance's pro day, it'd be a lot harder to get to three than it was then. Or maybe it even costs, you know, maybe there's just more competition for that pick. Because you know why it is?
1: Because coaches and most GMs on a normal year don't get to see the guy in person. That usually happens at the combine. And that's why trades sometimes happen after the combine. Because Trey Lance walks into your little, the way they do it at the combine, it's like this... uh it's like a hotel but it's built through a railroad like uh railroad cars you know, like train cars but like individual rooms it's kind of it's weird.
0: like a novelty thing or something. yeah
1: it's yeah. cool but it's kind of stupid at the same time and you you have these little rooms remember the visual a couple years ago when Pete Carroll rips off his shirt with DK the rooms are relatively small like they're tiny li- they're not conference rooms I'd call them like a, a small little motel Ooh. suites almost. Yeah. Of. But they yank everything out and they basically just put some chairs in there for everyone to sit around. Well, what happens the moment at one of those things, typically when a guy like the moment, Cam Newton watched started walking into rooms when he was, you know, in 2011, you and I stood by him and you marvel at his size. Can you imagine the first time Ron Rivera shook Cam Newton's hand? Just had to think to himself, even if he's like, you know, he's a little inaccurate, like, holy shit. Right. That's, that's, you. Honestly, you can't meet Cam Newton and not say anything else in the back of your mind. Like, holy shit, that's an enormous human being. Yeah. Trey Lance has, you kind of notice that in the pro day, right? Doesn't have the pads on. He's kind of there by himself. You're like, God, he looks pretty big. Thick legs. Right. <laughs> yeah. Can Trump. you imagine once he starts meeting, like, hey, I'm Arthur Smith. Hey, I'm Bill Belichick. And they just start m- meeting him. That, to me, is a game changer. Same with Justin Fields. He's a thicker guy. And that's the thing with Mac. You know, he's six, two and a half, right? That's, he's not blowing you away. Now his tape's good, but then you meet him and you go, God, he's looks like Jimmy Garoppolo or something, right? Where Trey Lance walks in, you're like, this is a big fucking dude. Yeah. And that, that to me is where I think guys get nervous is once we start introducing ourselves to people, shaking their hands, seeing their body size, because then they can go, God, if I've coached in the league for 20 years, you know what good and bad players, you got to feel for just body types. That moves the needle, right or wrong, because you can say, the tape, the tape, the tape. Well, that's true, but then once I meet you, like if Zach Wilson walks in a the room, they're like, God, he's a lot bigger than I thought. That's a good thing for him because the tape was already good. That's why once he measured in, they're like, God, he's. our concerns were like, we loved him when we thought he might be six foot and a half. Now he's
0: six 6'2". Like, did okay, you ever feel good. like when you would scout a guy that you'd seen on tape that his arm could look better or worse in person than it did on tape?
1: Yeah, I, I think if you have a strong arm, it mostly looks pretty good in person. If you have an average arm, it looks I, – I think it rings pretty true. You don't think the
0: tape lies on arm strength?
1: Because I, yeah, I I feel I, like I, you can tell I, pretty good. I remember going to a Raider Chiefs game and walking out to midfield to say what's up to Nagy, who was the quarterback coach at the time. He was standing right next to Alex, and he. I, I go up and hug him, and he's like, hey, Alex is Alex was pretty focused. Like He wasn't really bullshitting, so I, did, I wasn't even trying to talk to him, but – Alex kind of gave me one of these. But then when Alex throws it, you're like, if I was playing catch with him, it's not as soft of a ball as you think. But it's no different than, like, if you stood next to a guy throwing 90, you wouldn't go, oh, that's a pussy fastball. <laughs> right? Right. But if you put a guy throwing 100 right next to the 90, it would look dramatic. If I would have put Mahomes right next to Alex, it wouldn't looked as great. So it's, it's all relative. I think when you throw it hard, though, and you're in person, it really stands out. So, like, fields and... And in uh, Lance, they have a strong arm. It probably looks pretty good
0: standing there right next to it. and Kyle got to see that. And so, but so do the other coaches. right? I, I think, yes, uh, but only one team is sitting at three. I think that it will be interesting to see after the draft, whoever they pick, will Kyle in any way tip his I don't know, tip his hand it, it would be tipping his hand for his future, however he operates in the future. Will he say we knew when we made the? will he say? We knew when we made this trade, we did it for this guy. Now, you might just say it even if it's not true just because it sounds good, right? And the difference is I, I do think we treat quarterbacks in the draft trading up
1: a little different than probably any other position, right? How often does... You're saying he could the, be honest and it wouldn't really hurt anything? The magnitude, if you just think about like in our adult lives, like a Julio Jones move, they, they're very, very rare, right? To put all your chips in the middle of the table for one individual, it's always going to be a quarterback. Unless it's a unless it's a veteran trade, like for, I think these type of moves happen for Khalil Mack or Jalen Ramsey, but those guys get shopped like they would a house, right? Guys, it's open for bidding. Come give us your fucking. We're, we're gonna, we might trade Khalil Mack. Let us know your offers. Yeah, right. Yeah. Where I think with the with the quarterbacks, you kind of there's just so much. You got to be so secret about everything when it comes to draft moves until post draft, and then it doesn't. No one even cares.
0: Um. There there was also this addition since he threw. Mel Kuyper now has Justin Fields going to the uh 49ers in his latest mock draft. Are Mel who has been on this podcast before and who who are you leaning with right now? I'm still with Lance. I feel like it's Lance too. I'm still with Lance, but uh, in
1: a weird way I sometimes you get on these text chains with people like a Greg Papa. Now I it's like I feel like maybe Mac Jones has a better chance to come than Justin Fields. But then someone tells me that Justin Fields is the guy who's fed me information that's good. It, I have never felt less confident about anything on this. Well, like I, my pick is, is Lance, but I don't feel like we talked about yesterday, betting on it and thinking about it. Like there is still a large part of my body. The anticipation
0: for this pick is still really high. I know I same for me. And I do think if like right now you go back and watch our conversation with Clat. if I went back and watched our conversation with Klatt right now, I right now, Guy Haberman. Thirty minutes from now, might disagree with Guy Haberman right now. And go, I don't know. The Fields thing is—that's right. I don't blame—I don't blame uh, Mel when his mock draft changes. I don't like. All that matters is who they take, and then we can sift through, uh, you know, the pre-draft wreckage afterwards. But uh, you know, in terms of an entertainment product, like I think I got a guess, but I don't feel like I absolutely know. Totally agree. How could you at this point? You know the great part about Mel's job or Mm -hmm. DJ's job
1: or Mayock's job for all those years? They can do whatever they want. There is no... And this is where I think the pushback from the NFL comes back. Like the NFL people, it's like they don't really have a skin in the game. Like some people make fun of them on Twitter. Where in the NFL, they do create public, and we do too, uh, just beliefs and sediment and stuff. And yet the team was never doing that. So you, when for teams drafting high, like you start putting thoughts in the public's mind when you have no clue. And maybe maybe Mel knows, maybe DJ knows, but I'm just saying a lot of times with mock drafts, most of them are always wrong. Besides maybe the first pick or two, right? But it's like I thought we were going to get this guy, and then it's like no, we never we were never going to draft that guy. Yeah, it is a tough spot. there aren't many professions where you're going to do something and the entire media's job is just guessing and it doesn't matter if they're right or wrong, yet they do create the narratives around players for the fan base who then emotionally reacts positive or negatively based on what they've been reading or hearing leading up to that draft, even though the teams say nothing.
0: Yeah. The, the, the good part is eventually the games get played. And then the evidence becomes, for the most part, irrefutable. Right. But there becomes there's like a mark on the player if it
1: starts off bad in the public's eye. It makes right? it yeah, let's, listen, I if Mac is the quarterback, he's gonna be fighting an uphill battle. Right? But look,
0: yes, absolutely. But it's been this way in the history. since Sandy Koufax got fifty thousand dollars and called up to the big leagues right away. Right? There used to be this phrase, bonus baby, where guys came right to the big leagues. I mean, there was pressure on them in those days in their environment. That was pressure. This is just our version of pressure. Now
1: there has always been, you hit it on the head. If you perform and you win, whether it's Sandy Koufax bonus baby, whether it's Cleveland Farrell, a couple years ago, they took him for, if he had been good, no one would give a shit. Honestly, the, the team would get more credit, right? When you shoot a guy up to, it's like, damn, are they really bringing Tim Lincecum up this fast? Cy Young. Yes, they did. Right. Chris Bryant when they held him down part of the reason that became such a big deal because Chris Bryant got up there and was good if right. he was shitty it would have been like well who even cares right Yeah. if you're good none of the conversation before matters where if you're bad though and you could argue that's on the team like the Tua conversation like that's on them to get it right or wrong right because yeah, they over. got a lot of credit they got a lot of credit right when they made the pick when they made the pick yeah. Yeah, it's like he fell to five he yeah. was going to go number one yeah Turns out he wasn't even the best quarterback on the board at the time.
0: No, but but that's not over either, that, to your point. No, it's not, over. not over. He could pass. Yeah, he we've could, seen it before. Just, they got time. Okay, John, before you go any further, let's tell the people about WineAccess.com slash ham. The possibilities are endless. Yeah, WineAccess.com slash ham.
1: 20% off. 20% off. We've already sent gifts, and we got them flowing. I cannot recommend this enough. You just go to WineAccess.com slash ham. Listen, if you're listening to this right now, our demo's men, and you have a wife, a girlfriend, and she loves wine, why not send her a present? Some of the times the best presents, they don't come on your birthday. They don't come Christmas or Hanukkah, (laughs) you know, seven crazy nights, eight crazy nights, eight crazy nights, eight. that all of a sudden you just get, imagine how good it feels it doesn't happen because everything that arrives at my door, I've usually bought and paid for. But if someone just sent me something, if I loved wine and all of a sudden I just had wine at my front door, I'd be like, this is awesome. Do that for your girlfriend or wife. I dare you. I double dog dare you. Go to wineaccess.com slash ham. And all of a sudden, you could probably split it with her when you're eating dinner. Well, I know this. And think how happy she'll be.
0: And not only that, not only do do the bottles that you get come with a satisfaction guarantee. If you're, for whatever reason, not satisfied, they'll get you another bottle. Uh, But it's very unlikely because their team of sommeliers, if it's not unanimous that they approve the bottle that gets in, only one of 18 bottles get on WineAccess.com, then it doesn't make it on. Now, if you're uh, an amateur wine drinker like your boy here, every bottle comes with some story some explanation about the bottle tells you about it tells you what it pairs well with and uh, it makes it very easy not just to drink to consume if you're somebody like me it also makes it very easy to send we went on the website today you and i we like wine but we're not we don't know a lot about it and it can be a little overwhelming to send a gift because you're like there's a million things here well you can easily we were like you know it's it's a local gift we want it to be from napa filter we want it to be a cab or a pinot. filter and uh, bing, bang, boom. And not to mention, John, the prices are great. Um, shipping is free over, I think, 120 which is, you know. But you can buy a bunch of $15 bottles. Like, they're all good.
1: They have them all. Think about your parents, your dad, your mom, aunt, uncle, cousins. Think about people you haven't thought about in a while <laughs> that you know that like wine, and you just want to shoot them something and make them smile. And this has been a crazy year. Let's, let's put smiles on people's faces with alcohol.
0: Wineaccess.com slash ham, 20% off. If, you're, if you know all about wine, you'll love the site. If you're inexperienced, don't be intimidated. Dive in. WineAccess.com slash ham. Get you 20% off your first order. WineAccess.com slash ham. All right. Thank you for, uh, for all your uh, support, as always, everybody. Um, yeah. Okay. So here's the other part of this because we spent a lot of time, the YouTube comments will get very upset, I'm sure, when I say his name. Well, we've spent a lot of time talking about Mac Jones. Say his real name. Uh, Mike Jones. His real, real oh, name. Oh, Mike McCorkle Jones. <laughs> McCorkle. So, Middlecoff found out on the live stream Monday that his name is McCorkle. That was a great moment. <clears throat> so, if Trey Lance or Justin Fields is the pick for the 49ers at three, the question then is, what happens to Mac Jones? We've been talking about him like he might be a top three pick. Could he fall out of the top ten if he's not the Niners' pick? Right, right before we jumped
1: on, I we had been trying to get him on the show, and he was so busy. One of his guys hit me up and said, "You know, it's just it's craziness. If the Niners take him, one hundred percent, he'll we'll get him on with you guys." So it's like, you know, I was like, you know, <laughs> could I'm not down on McCorkle. You want to bring McCorkle on the show? I'm, I'm game. Uh, but we mentioned it the other day on the podcast or maybe it was a live stream, I, I've been thinking a lot about this. In texting Greg Papa, I just asked, and I am not anti-McCorkle. Like, I, I think he's a good player. You couldn't have watched Alabama and go, like, their quarterback's a scrub. And I think sometimes, and I've said this forever, if you go pick 36 or 38 or 42, that does not mean you, people didn't view you as a good player. Right. Well, have you seen
0: the I hate to I'm sorry, I'm not meaning to say Tom Brady's name with with because I know that comp happens. That's a crazy comp. But have you just seen what Bill Belichick said about Brady when they drafted him? Like it was really complimentary. Right. If you watch him, he was tough. He knew how to win. Can't wait to get him in here and see like he didn't view him like I just drafted a scrub. He didn't know he drafted the greatest of all time. Well, because part of it is forever. I think we're in the quarterback
1: inflation Time And it's really the last couple of years since the, I'd say the Mahomes, I text a buddy with the chiefs. I'm like, I, in a weird way, I think you guys changed everything. I agree. Cause you guys got this franchise quarterback at number 10 and all you had to give up was a first round pick. And I and think one of these teams, they either passed on him or they could have traded up to get him. And Deshaun Watson goes two picks later. Yeah. It, it's just that inflated Mac Jones. Cause I, I, I when I was texting with Pop I said it, it inflated Mac Jones. Well, it just inflated quarterbacks. And I think Mac Jones is benefiting, you know, potentially from getting drafted this high because of the quarterback inflation. Now, I think a large part of that is Kyle because in the scouting community, like he doesn't, like there's never been a player, at least in my adult life, there have been Christian Ponders and Blaine Gabbert's. Those guys didn't go third overall. You know, some of those guys went eight or 11 or 12. Like that's still really high, but – there's a big difference between going 12 and going three, right? And I think part of the conversation with Mike McCorkle, Mac Jones, is that he's not just going three. It's well, That team was not at three, right? They had to move up and traded a freight to get him. There's never been a player with his physical attributes, which are not elite in any – like the, the, his best quality is like, his, he's unreal at reading the defense, <laughs> It's like, well, are you just seeing because his head's moving? Like, how do you really know, right? It's it's one of those things. It's not truly quantifiable. Now, I think coaches have a better feel for that, probably, especially if, like, you could call Sark and he's like, hey, or Saban's like, Here, here's our play sheet from those five games if you really want to dive deep. I'm telling you, this guy's elite or whatever. But the average fan or even evaluator don't know. It's why quarterbacks, I'm even talking in the NFL, have been hit or miss in the history of the league that I just think his physical skill set is, like, on most years, I'd say historically, C.J. Beathard. Now, Mac was a better college player than C.J. Beathard. I went back and looked. He was, like, 58 career percentage, 58. Like, he wasn't even that accurate. But, like, what you just watch C.J. in practice or watch him in games, like, not a great athlete, not a great arm, but just was probably a really good college quarterback. I mean, really was. I mean, started at Iowa, who was a – Played in a Rose Bowl. The guy was a good player. Max, better version than that. But I don't think like if CJ was a mid to late third rounder, to me, normal years pre-quarterback inflation, I'd say Max like somewhere between 25 and 40. You know, if you just cause we have players, you and I have been lucky enough to spend a lot of time and go to practices with the Raiders and the 49ers, and two guys in the same draft class who have a lot of physical characteristics that parallel Mac. Some are better. Some are worse. And Derek and Jimmy, and they were pre-quarterback inflation, and they both went in the second round. Then I'd say if either one of those two
2: guys—
0: And were, and we're smaller school relatively to Alabama guys. But if,
1: if I told you that Derek Carr coming out of Fresno State or Jimmy Garoppolo coming out of Northern or Southern or whatever Illinois school he went to, are either one of those guys going in the second round of this draft? If Derek Carr
0: Fresno State coming out right now, how does he not go in the first round? I don't think Derek would. Jimmy— I don't put them in the same class. I, I, that's 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 fair. Let's just and say from an Derek. arm standpoint, let's just use, let's just use Derek. Derek, would, Derek Carr would be Derek Carr was I don't Zach want to Wilson. say it was Zach Wilson, but he was it was kind of Zach I think Wilson. he was guy. I think he was. It was even similar to the point that like there weren't a lot of big games he played in his last year, but he played like a big game. Right. And it didn't go great. I think that was uh, the USC game in the bowl game. Remember um, the year before too against SMU, SMU Hawaii. Marcus Ball. Hunt, it was, right? That was the big yeah. guy. Grixon picked him in the second round. Terrible, wasn't he? Like six eight or something like six Matt, ten. Oh my, he was massive. <laughs> but yeah, I I that's I think that's the comp for Derek. Now, does that mean Derek would go two in this draft? No, but is he going top twenty? A- yes. One
1: hundred percent. Is he going top twelve? Might probably. Like I, you know, to your point with quarterbacks, because guy, really I a... think Mac. I think Mac six years ago is going in the thirties or forties. So he's he's competing now to go to the Niners. But my point on this whole thing: if the Niners don't take him, are we sure that are, is there a chance that over half the league has him as
0: like the fifth or sixth quarterback on their board and doesn't like he Has
1: nothing in common with the other guys, right?
0: And also, do you like him more than Sam? Do- let's go through it here. Atlanta at four. Nope. Cincinnati at five. Nope. Now you could have tra- trades Miami uh, at six. Nope. <laughs> no. Right. Especially if like a quarterback goes four. if the quarterback's in the top four picks. Now you've got Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, two tackles. But even let's, let's even say the Pitts goes at four. So you're okay. Then yeah.
1: the Bengals are taking a player. Miami's taking a player. The Lions aren't doing it. Nope. Carolina. Doesn't make sense. I, Schefter just tweeted they're actively looking to trade back. Denver? That would be a curveball. Uh, but if you were them, would you take Mac Jones over Justin Fields? Because in this scenario, Justin Fields hadn't been picked either.
0: Uh, well, I thought you said... Oh, Did you say Kyle Pitts went for? I just said Kyle, I just said a player gotcha. goes for
1: a non-quarterback. Well,
0: I would... Uh, yeah, no. I think you take... Obviously, in this scenario, you're right—a trade out probably four happens, quarter like those four guys. I, I would expect go ahead of Mac Jones
1: in the history of the sport. If we just take out, let's just assume Trey Lance goes three, and there's Justin Fields and Mac Jones on the board. Mac Mac Jones does not hold a candle to the physical attributes of Justin Fields. Now, playing quarterback is more. I mean, Alex Smith just retired. It's more than just physical attributes, but. Part of taking quarterbacks really high, if you're going to take a swing, take a swing with a physical attribute guy. We've seen the Christian Ponders, the Blaine Gabbert. We've seen the average be failed, too. And that's what you give Scout Haverman some credit. Like, to to assume that Mac Jones has a high floor would be pretty ignorant to the way the draft works. Because people
0: don't – there, are, because there are no such thing. Yeah, there's – like this idea that we got wait, – wait a second. The Bengals, let's say quarterbacks go in the top four. The Bengals are going to be drafting either Pene Sewell, Rashaun Slater – uh, um, Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase. There's just four lock Pro Bowlers. They're all pros. Like they just, like it's probably not going to work out that way. Maybe it does. Maybe it's an all-time draft if like all those guys are lock superstars. And three of these quarterbacks hits, then it's an all time draft. That's what it is, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're talking like but the those uh, 2011
1: JJ Watt, Alden usually... Smith. I mean, that Julio Jones, AJ Green, Von Miller, Cam Newton. It's that that draft a decade later is still viewed. all oh, the eleven draft, man, that's one of the great drafts of all time. Partly because it was like a sixty percent hit rate. There was still a Blaine Gabbard in there. There were still shitty players. Just listing the players you listed. If I wanted to throw on, okay, let's throw Patrick Sertain, Devonte Smith, and Jalen Waddle of like those seven, eight players. If four of them are good, that's a good. That's a. If four of them are really good, and the other four are just like regular kind of average draft picks, that's an incredible draft. Yeah. Because probably two of the quarterbacks will be good. Because now one of those guys is going
0: like eleven. See, I know. I think we could You start talking about teams. It's like, will Detroit take them? Would Denver take them? Would Dallas take them? Would the Giants take them? Philly, Philly can't mess around with that this year. The Chargers, know Minnesota? Would Minnesota do it? Like, is there... I just... Even if... So they he, just get two Kirk Cousins on their roster? Yeah, I mean, I, well, I'm just wondering, would Pittsburgh, like, if he's there at 24, would Pittsburgh... T- I'm just trying to find somebody who would go, you know what, this is value. We could use him, maybe not right now, but soon. How does he end up as a first-round pick? Does Bill at 15 see him at 12 and go, you know what, I want to go to 12 and get him? Belichick, Okay. But they're just we talk about this. I've said this a lot. There are not every most teams are usually in a weird spot. The majority of the leagues usually in a weird spot of not sure yet if their quarterback's good enough, not ready to take a first round quarterback, but also pretty sure their guy is not a franchise quarterback. Most guys are not franchise quarterbacks and most guys are not about to get cut. And so you're always in this little realm where you're like, OK, we're we're. We're Chicago. Are we taking a quarterback in the first round this year?
1: Well, Mac Jones might be better than Andy Dalton. So right if now. Mac Jones is there at 20, does Chicago take him? I mean, it's a tough spot. To, I don't know what's
0: what to on. This do. is what I'm saying. Yeah. It's just like it's, there's a good case to make to take him. There's also a good case to make you go, we just we got to get an impact player at another position right now because we just got to make the playoffs this year, right? But you could exactly, John, if you're in the meeting room, you'd go, well, Mac Jones is going to be better than – Andy Dalton this year. And we got other yeah. good players on this team.
1: Because I, I would rather have this year, I'd take a ch- I, I'd rather have the unknown of McCorkle than Andy Dalton. But if I was the owner, it's like, hey, are you guys doing, do you guys believe this guy's a franchise quarterback? Or are you just doing it to try to save your jobs? That's where I might get involved. If I was a McCaskey, right? One of the three 90 year old McCaskies that are just roaming around. Would New Orleans take him at 28? Yeah, see to me there is value. Then this is where I say tip. This is normally Mac Jones. This is who he is—a late twenties, early thirties guy. And those quarterbacks in can be good. Now, some inflation. If Kyle Shanahan is the perfect coach for him, if he, you know, he has so much money, it doesn't matter. Like that would be the analogy, right? Like inflation to Kyle is irrelevant. But I would say that like thinking he's quarterback proof has been proven with Mullins and CJ and. Just over the years, it's not necessarily true, right?
0: He's not quarterback recession proof. We've seen him with average guys lose games for sure. But, this year was a great example. But I, I do think we're talking. These are not guys that ever sniffed. These are not guys. Yeah, Nick Mullins and and uh, CJ never had the acclaim
1: accomplishments of this guy. You would but say there's more. Is, there's more clay there with Mac Jones. But physically, they do have some similarities. He's closer to them than he is like. Some Cam Newton or Kyler Murray or some just freak top five pick typically, right? Carson Wentz. Think of where the guys that have missed where you feel like Carson Wentz missed. This year was just bad, but it's like his physical talent is elite. Everyone acknowledges that. I think like as we watch more and more with Mariota, we're like, I don't think physically he's that special. Jared Goff, you're like, I just don't see the physical attributes. Right? Jameis was like, you know, I think most people acknowledge, like, you know, Jameis has the skills. It's like he just, his decision-making is terrible. I do think if you're going to go down, and that's with Trubisky. It's like, God, I just don't see it with Trubisky. When you have an elite prospect, elite talent, I think people understand better if it doesn't work out.
0: It's hard when you just... Right. you You take the guy with the lack of physical attributes. But to the point we made earlier, if they draft Mac Jones... It's not out of the realm of possibility that Mac Jones end up as a better quarterback than any of the guys drafted after him. Like, I think that's a real pos- If the 49ers have Mac Jones, he might end up as a better quarterback than the other two. That's a real possibility. Well, I think like- Kyle, well, Kyle would tell you they believe he would, right? Well, that's absolutely. Why they that's why you pay. do it. Yeah. I'm just saying, I don't think that's a crazy thought. Back to my original point, which you referenced, there is no sure thing. And that includes Justin Fields with Kyle Shanahan. That's not a short and, and one
1: either. one thing I do wonder is like the crazy part about quarterback is how much the intangible stuff matters, like how much guys like you. Remember Mariota? Remember when Mariota got into that game against uh the Chargers last year? And I remember looking at Twitter, all the Tennessee Titans players were like, "Fuck yeah, Marcus, go kill it." Mm. It's like he, he I think people loved him. People in Tennessee really like the guy. Yeah. Like he didn't fail because he's like, he's too quiet. No, like the leadership, the guy's gravitated toward him. You, you, so it's like, just because you have elite intangibles, it doesn't even, it, I think it's why it's so impossible to draft this position and why, why we have so many hits and misses.
0: You, you can be a great guy, good leader and still fail. You got right. to value it the right amount, right? You and I have both been at Oregon's campus. Marcus Mariota is like the centerpiece of Oregon football if you go to their campus. Yeah. Like the centerpiece. Like it's, you walk into the main room and boom, there's his Heisman. And like a whole wall. He's a a bigger deal than Justin Fields.
1: Or I mean, uh, Justin Herbert. Yeah. Yeah. And and Marcus Mariota. I mean, if this, it's hard. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here, but more than likely Justin Herbert is going to be infinitely... (laughs) And just
0: the, the the gap as NFL pros right. will be wide. I think you would say pretty quickly that the skill sets yeah. are, are very different. So um, we'll see. We'll see. All right. What else? Uh,
1: we had touched on this a little bit yesterday, but I, I think it is kind of sad. And I've just ended up watching some highlights of those Harbaugh years. And it was just, you forget, like, kyle is and i texted you this last night like i think kyle is the better long term like if you were just gonna bet on a guy for a decade to be your coach i think kyle is more stable than harbaugh the harbaugh run though was really unlike anything that you'll see ever it's like, like a rock and roll band that just flamed out after four years you know it was just but but, but those three years flew, were like live the on sun. the people that experienced it like that was fucking badass I mean, they had guys chasing people with brass knuckles, winning you know, uh, divisions, breaking skulls, and guys getting arrested. Alvin Smith, I would say, is a defining character of that time period, because they draft him. It was like, who the hell did they draft? And then he was so great. He was so dominant. He missed <laughs> almost <coughs> five years, guy. Here, here half a drink. <laughs> and... He got signed last year by the Cowboys. Remember, he had like two sacks or three sacks the opening game one. And then his season was kind of average. Seattle just signed him. Within two days after getting signed, he has an arrest warrant. He is so talented, so big. And I bet in John Snyder and Pete Carroll's mind, they have envisioned those couple years when they saw him. How could they not? Right, They saw him multiple times. They released a statement like you would for your first-round pick, like, we're gathering all the facts. Alden just missed five years for like 10 arrests and they didn't cut him immediately like this. I think he's just one of the most unique players in NFL history. He hasn't even done anything lately, but they didn't immediately cut him. They gave a guy that just missed five years and gotten so much trouble over the years that probably any other you know, just normal player in his status would immediately be cut. And Seattle's like, yeah, we're just going to gather some facts. That's pretty nuts.
0: Yeah, it's I do wonder if the situation that we just had happen with Aaron Donald contributed to this at all. Like if it just makes it eat for everyone to just practice a little patience, because for two days we thought Aaron Donald beat some guy's ass. Then it turned out not only did he not beat the guy's ass, he tried to help him. Right. The difference, though, I'd say is to my knowledge, Aaron Donald
1: is high character, never had an issue in his life. Alden's track record, like. I'd say his track record, he doesn't get the benefit of the doubt. Slash, he just missed it. Like, it, it's most players, Guy Haberman, John Middlecoff, random guard, random DB, immediately gets cut. I think it shows the power of, I bet when they signed him, especially if they flew him out, they're just like, God, this guy's still big. Right? We don't have anyone that looks like this.
0: Do you think they had a, do you think, because this would be the responsible thing to do, do you think they had a conversation about what happens if he gets in trouble again, or did that not like before before the season? I think you always have that conversation when you
1: sign a guy like that. You would think, yeah, I would hope.
0: But, but again, you, he, can you, have you can't have the predict the situation. And
1: then, yeah, and then all of a sudden, it's like, wait, what's going on? Because sometimes Alden Smith claims can he just, didn't
0: even touch this guy that's saying he beat him up. Who's like, I think he's the, I think it's his pregnant sisters husband there was an altercation alden goes to break it up or who knows what i don't know
2: but
1: see like if i was consulting i'd say well hey guys whether he's innocent or guilty part of the deal with alden is this shit follows him like to me my issue with deshaun watson no one beside deshaun and the girls know exactly what happened but the thing i'd say to deshaun is if you are innocent and you just paid these chicks to hook up with them and you had a thing for massage therapists and it was all consensual you are still a walking, talking red flag now because in the history of quarterbacks, like there's only the guys that have had issues with women are we consider scumbags and losers, right? Like Roethlisberger never shook that. Now, and Roethlisberger had won a Super Bowl by the time he had gotten in trouble. But when you're known as this high character guy, I'm not Alden's known as kind of a train wreck, But like the moment you get a red flag that follows you, like I don't think Deshaun Watson will ever be viewed the same. They've already admitted he's been hooking up with all these chicks. He's now trying to get a jury trial. Like it's like you've become a disaster, even if you're innocent. Like this situation is a train is a dumpster fire, Deshaun, and you caused this. Like even if you're even if you're just having sex, like you got to use your brain. This is why when I pay thirty five million dollars. I expect to get a guy I don't ever have to worry about, and ideally, like Alden was on pace to be one of the Max, the Aaron Donalds, the Von Millers, and you just never want to worry about your twenty million dollars. Ideally, right? Your highest paid players, they're your best players, and I in a, in a perfect world you worry about the
0: least, right? Right, and right. it's not just, Julio Jones, and you don't or just whoever. not worry about you not. Going to jail or having a legal issue—it's just I don't even worry about embarrassing things. Things that are not. Even I think legal. Ide- I think ideally, you take pride in them actually doing all the good things. Sure, right, absolutely. And being the staple of we'll your, face franchise. your franchise that you don't you don't worry is going to make your franchise look bad off the field. I, you know, I don't know if uh,
1: maybe a thirty for thirty on Alden actually might be kind of sad. I mean, it wouldn't be like an uplifting and easy watch. Depends when you air it, right? Depends when you do it. You never know. Yeah, but he. But right now, he is one, wouldn't you say he's one of the great what could have been? Because there is no disputing. Like, if he'd just been a high character, smart, stayed out of trouble, no issues, he would have been a 15-sack guy at least for like seven, eight-year span and just dominated. He was unstoppable. What do you have, 19? Yeah, second year. But but to me, it was like, the no, when you actually stood next to him and you've been around NFL players, he didn't look like other NFL players. Do you remember that? Just how long he was? You're like... Yep. How did this guy last till, you know, when Balky, when Balky drafted him, people thought he was an awful pick. Remember? Yep. I remember thinking, I was in the league. I was like, who? What's this guy's name? What's this guy's deal?
0: Got to give Balky credit. I thought the same thing. Who is this guy?
1: <laughs> but then do you give him credit? Because it was kind of turned out to be a disaster. It was, you know, both. Yeah. I do tend to enough. think
0: like you get yourself into the Super Bowl. You got to You, you gave yourself a, a shot. If you were going to give hits and misses on Balky's career.
1: <laughs> yes. I would cut. give that a hit
0: that maybe that's crazy. Hit with a with just like a little red line. I'm actually. just saying if we just made a chart and it was like good picks and bad picks from Trent Balky, I would have to call that a good pick. Yeah. You almost want you like you were in position to win a Super Bowl in part because of that guy, right? Yeah. You could argue you were a Super Bowl contender for 3 years in part because of that guy. So, Or two years, maybe, we'd say. Uh, Mike Tomlin's going to coach the Steelers for the rest of our lives. Uh, That update. John, he's been the coach since 2007. 2007. He's 49 years old. Which is young for NFL coaches.
1: Because
0: he kind of got the job basically at 35. He's finished first in his division one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times. He has never, how many teams in the division? Four last I checked, never finished in last place. He's never finished, you say under 500? He's never finished under 500. He's been 500 three times. Well, like,
1: when the dust settles, him and Harbaugh are going to have a combined a lot of years at their jobs. John Harbaugh, Whenever they they both get fired. Yeah, John, not Jim. Even though Jim's, you're going to look up, he's going to have like a decade-long Michigan career, finishing third or fourth in division every year. John Harbaugh's had some pretty low moments. Now, he won a Super Bowl more recently than Tomlin. Obviously, that year against the Niners, Tomlin's last Super Bowl was nine. But I think Mike. when you just look at Mike Tomlin, he's just been better than Harbaugh. Because just consistently, they're just... Harbaugh had a rough two or three-year stretch there with... Now, part of it, you'd say both those two guys work for their GMs, right? Harbaugh did for Ozzy. And Tomlin, you know, it's the Rooney slash the Colberts. It's not like Tomlin is the in charge of personnel. But I do think the Steelers, beside the Patriots, who were just a higher level of them, but they, I would say, were probably the number two team over that 2007 till this year of just every year you knew what you were getting. Like Even the Packers had a couple, I mean, they had an under 500 year where Mike McCarthy got shit canned, right? Yeah, I'm Seattle, but Pete didn't show up there
0: till 10. Yeah, I... It's hard, right? Because the consistency is just impossible to replicate. It's just, it's, it's so out of the realm. But does he need... I do sometimes, I wonder, like, he got the one Super Bowl year two, and... I do wonder if he'll ever, like, is he going to get the full credit for being this good for this long? Like, let's say he's another three years, gets another extension without another Super Bowl. Like, if that Super Bowl had been in the middle of the tenure, I feel like it would feel a little different. It it got him so much cachet. I mean, he's 145 and 78, 65, he wins 65% of his games and I don't maybe it's not even super bowl John maybe it's just a couple of AFC championship games the test is coming because they're going to have to change quarterbacks at some point here and to yeah. me that will be is that kind of what this extension is like we're going to give you another quarterback almost yeah maybe and and to me if they continue this even if he doesn't win another super bowl uh, again what he's done already we're not debating it's f- incredibly impressive he is an outlier extreme outlier when it comes to NFL head coaches But if somehow he can work, like you said, he's 49. So if they can hit on a quarterback here, it doesn't even necessarily have to be the next guy, but within the next like three, four years, if they can hit on another quarterback, now we might be, you know, then maybe Mike Tomlin does win another Super Bowl and he's got 15 years between championships and he goes down as an all-time
1: great coach. Well, I'm going to give you a number just because I did the math last night. I do think when when a guy leaves... And you just look at the numbers, you'll go, God, I don't think that guy got enough respect. And I would say Tomlin's better at his job than Alex Smith was at his job. But when Jim Harbaugh arrived till this year, I just did the math last night. I was like, boom, boom, boom. 80, 36, and one. That was Alex Smith's record from Jim Harbaugh's first year with the Niners. Somehow he went five and one this year for Washington football team. <laughs> That's an underrated five, you know, four extra wins on that win total. But eighty. 36 and 1 under Harbaugh, Andy, and Jay Gruden slash Ron Rivera. Like when you just say 80, 36 and 1, I'm like, God damn, that is that's great. And then DuBau quotes my tweet and says, over that period of time, players with 50 plus starts, the only guys that had better winning percentages were Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, and Aaron Rodgers. So I'm sure if like Mike Tomlin, you know, gets fired in 2025, like his stats when you just throw it up will be like God. It'll be like three coaches over the right. period of time, you know, it was like Andy Reid and Belichick over his 10 year had better records. You'll be like, that's it. There's got No, no, that's it. And I just think it's going to age because this gets back to you can have a fantastic season and not win the Super Bowl. And like to me, what the Packers have done for the last decade has been a raging success. Now, would they like more Super Bowls? Of course. They've been to five NFC Championship games. Now, they've only been to one Super Bowl. It, it stings when you get to the NFC Championship game. But if you if you rack up four, five, six NFC Championship games, that's a pretty big deal. Like, if you just make the playoffs, I think sometimes that can be a little overrated. But, like, are you making NFC Championship games? To me, can Tomlin make a couple more NFC AFC Championship games? That's pretty big deal.
0: Yeah, I mean, right? I would say the longevity is always... We can always argue one great year versus 10 great years. Which one would you rather have? But the longevity is usually, if you're doing it at an elite level, is usually more indicative of how good you are. I'm not arguing it's more impressive. I'm just arguing it's more indicative of how good you are. Having several great years versus having a couple great years, several great years, I would argue, usually more indicative of how great you are, right? Like, I'll go with a 90s, you and I both love 90s baseball, 90s baseball comparison. Who was a better home run hitter? Brady Anderson who had one incredible year, what he hit 51, one year or Fred McGriff who never hit more than 35 but hit almost 500 home runs over the course of his career. 50 home runs for Brady Anderson. It's it's not even close right? Who the better I'm taking, the crime, I'm taking, taking the, the crime dog. dog. <laughs> You're taking the crime dog. You're um, taking the crime dog. And I would say Tomlin's even a higher level than that. Like Right, but see, like I, I, I would ask a
1: hypothetical question, and I don't know this, and I've thought about this. Are there a lot of guys like Alex Smith that never get the position, or not the position, but the opportunity to play for a really good team and a good head coach? That if you just put them in the situation, like, are there more Alex Smiths than non-Alex Smiths? That, and he's probably higher, and he was the number one overall pick, but like that could have, like, a, a stretch of three or four years where they go 40 and 20 as a starting quarterback. But we go, that guy's a bust. But if we had been with a Belichick, been with a Kyle, been with a McVay, they would have been solid.
0: So, I think, like I think, I think Jared, a fine Jared Goff's
1: a good example. Like, if you just look at Jared Goff's record, he's been on good teams. He actually wins a lot more than you think. But he's probably... Jared Goff's closer to Alex Smith than you think. Like, he'll go to Detroit. They probably won't win a lot, and he'll just be a loser. But we have saw him on good teams. Like, Jared Goff's fine. Now, he's not... Brady or Rodgers or Mahomes, but like you can go to the playoffs every year with Jared Goff if your team's solid, right? Is that
0: fair? Like, are there more Jared Goffs than we realize? So I think it's a fine line. Like, I think yes to your answer to your question about are there, are there, is the league filled with guys who are in the wrong situation and would have been able to be starting quarterbacks for longer in better situations? Hell yes, absolutely. I don't think the league is filled with Alex Smith's, though. Alex Smith started his career from 2005 to 2010. Remember, he missed one season. His winning record, he won 19 games and lost 31. He had seven different offensive coordinators in seven years. I don't think it's normal to come out of that and still have left in you <clears throat> what he had left in him. Um, I was talking to a buddy today who's really close with a guy, who another quarterback who played with Alex. And the guy basically, the story he relates, because I was just like, man, Alex, he's like, God, I've just heard he's so special. I was like, well, what have you heard? Like, give me an example. He said most quarterbacks after a certain point, their ego, it's just their egos are big enough. If both, if there's not a clear, clear hierarchy of this is definitely the starter and this is definitely the backup. And even sometimes when there is, their egos are eventually big enough that it's hard for them To coexist for a long time, for like a sustained amount of time, to really be on the same team because they're kind of working against each other in some ways. It's not normal. He's like, the story I heard was a quarterback shows up on an Alex team and was blown away at how never for a second Alex Smith was anything but... Like on his side too. Somehow he said it's just not normal for NFL. It just that's not how it usually works. Because you're kind of, I mean, you're essentially in a weird way coming from my job. There's only
1: one guy that can play. It's
0: like the F. It's like I didn't really understand it till I started watching the Netflix thing. But like this idea of teammates and F1. Like you're, you're not teammates. There's no teammate. Like you want to get
1: so. Um, well, the, I, the kicker situation—it's you end up cutting a guy when you go into regular season, but like a kicker competition, a competition in the off season, you are sitting next to each other, you're eating lunch together, being friends, but really you both want that million dollar job, right? So deep down, how do you? It's a hard balance, and most people, one, they can't even begin to fake it because it's like this is serious. But I also think it speaks to the—you're right. There's a character to him that. He'd
0: made a lot of money. It's it's he has unique circumstances. Now I guarantee if we went and found a quarterback who's in the league right now, but maybe hadn't I yes, there are I'm with you, John. There are absolutely it's the situations matter so much. And it's just impossible to know would Aaron Rodgers have become Aaron Rodgers if the Browns had drafted him. If the Niners had drafted him. Maybe it would have. I don't I don't know. But I do think I, I think it's a good thought to go, well, maybe not maybe the situation backing up Aaron backing up Brett Favre for three years and being in that versus what Alex went through maybe maybe they you know maybe it would have worked out it might have yeah it might have but yes I think there are guys that have that the circumstances didn't allow for them to succeed but no I don't think the league is filled with Alex Smith's well the
1: quarterback that you're talking about that spent time around Alex was he a legitimate NFL player or yes was he just kind legitimate
0: of legitimate getting... NFL player yeah, yeah. gotcha
1: so it, it wasn't like you know he was nice to me. I was no. No, threat. no. It, it was wasn't like, some guy who was just just his backup. Yeah, uh, it was a guy. Patrick, who could Mahomes, take his Patrick job. Mahomes really felt that way, and buddy. I was
0: like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, look, Pat, <laughs> what's his brother's name? I was, I was like, uh, Jackson. Jackson. I'm like Jackson. Look, man, just Mahomes tweeted something out, or
1: I think he gave about the Chiefs Alex. a quote, and the, the the Chiefs put it out that Mahomes said, "I would not be where I'm at if it wasn't for him." Guy, he spent one year around him. And he's. I remember talking to Andy two years ago at the Combine, BSing with him, and he was just saying, like, Patrick is not just saying this stuff. Like, I know it, and I made sure that he knew it, but I didn't even have to. He just knew it, like how nice Alex was. And that situation, unlike, it's to me, it's easy for Aaron because you and I know Jordan Love wasn't very good this year, let alone the teammates, right? He's skipping balls, Boyles beating him out. It was easy. I think with Mahomes... The way it was clearly talked about, like, God, you should have seen him in practice. Like, Alex is not blind. He sees this guy like, holy shit, right? Mm-hmm. And he knows that, you know, I got to win in the playoffs. There's a huge pressure. There's this elephant in the room of what they just traded for him. And maybe it was easier for him to do because everything he had been through. But you're right. it's He's a one-of-one one as a personality. Like, listen, Aaron is the better player. But I think pretty consistently, Alex has the university appro- universal approval of every human he's ever played with, Yeah. right? Yep. Yep. And respect. Which is very rare in the NFL for a guy that some of the teammates were around Alex when he wasn't even that good. To your point, right. And then he
0: won a bunch of games. Won a bunch a of games. He's a winning quarterback, right? He was a winning quarterback. But if you remember, the thing about Alex is he was the most polarizing
1: player on the good team Absolutely. of his era. For sure. It was like, is he good enough? And, and, and it's fair. Like, he was probably somewhere in the middle, right? He was better than he got credit for, but he wasn't good enough. His team acknowledged. Like, they had to take a big swing to get a quarterback.
0: Yeah, Look, the, the, the Chiefs have been viewed as the dominant team in the last couple of years. And look what it took for them to win the Super Bowl. Get rid of him. It's really hard. But I just mean, look in the Super Bowl they played, how hard it was just to win that game. And they would like, if, if you had the best head coach on earth, he could pick one team to go coach, you would go coach the Chiefs right now, right? right.
1: But, if, but if I told you that over that whole time, and a lot of these wins were the Chiefs tenure, right? I would imagine if we added them up of the 80, probably 40 of them were, maybe even more. If I said they got Patrick Mahomes that whole time, the last eight years, do the Chiefs have like three Super Bowls? Yeah, they might. Now it's a, Now part of it is like, But again, just just look
0: how hard it is to win when you are the team that everyone thinks. Just look at the last year. This, I mean, two months, three months ago.
1: It's easier to win playoff games with Mahomes than Alex. It's hard to win the Super Bowl. With anybody. It's It's hard to win, I think, his flaw. And Peyton had this a little bit. When you have an average arm, what happens in the playoffs, especially in a place like Kansas City? It's freezing cold. You go play New England. You go play Baltimore. Like, it's just... It's harder for weak-arm quarterbacks in the playoffs. Yeah. Okay. I think that's kind of a tried-and-true formula. And this is back to McCorkle. It's like, well, do you have to go play Green Bay in Wild wildcard round?
0: Seattle rain. and rain. Uh, We do want to get into this because it did feel like it turned out like under the radar somehow the PGA had launched a Super League without anybody knowing, John. The lucrative bonus structure, as reported by Golf Week, the PIP, the player impact program. Um, the PIP awards players money at the end of the year, a pool of $40 million distributed among 10 players. So MVP gets 8 million bucks. You're like, oh, well, it's just FedEx points. Most points from strong performances. Nope, not exactly. Uh, here's how they're ranked. FedEx cup points. That's one, two, their popularity in Google searches. That's pretty fucking nuts. That's kind of stupid, I think. I couldn't believe that when I read it. Three, the Nielsen brand exposure rating, which places a value on the exposure a player delivers to sponsors through the minutes they are featured on broadcast. They're cute. But the broadcast, uh, th- see, to me, this is already kind of weird land. Like, who's controlling that? It's Just, if you're over there hitting your eighth shot out of the woods, Mercedes is getting credit for the logo on your sleeve, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, someone could argue, wait, I'm better than this guy. And uh, he got on TV more only because he had more bogeys this year from the water.
1: Yeah. I, I, the one thing with golf, unlike basketball, baseball or football, at times it can feel arbitrary who they're showing. Right. Beside like the leaders.
0: They do kind of pick and choose who they show Besides, Well, them. yeah. I just right. think of if you're not a leader, you're not playing well, but you're doing crazy, awful stuff. Right. Right. You're playing but poorly. Even, What
1: if you're just like a lot of times you just can be cruising between like 10th and 20th place and not get a lot of pub, even though you're playing well?
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. But we're not talking about the top 30 guys in this ranking. Right. We're talking about the top eight. I would guess over time. Well, actually, I've got a good name here. But, but uh, uh, the Nielsen brand exposure rating places a value uh, on that. The Q rating, which measures the familiarity and appeal of a player's brand based on what? Like phone calls to people doing a research. I would not be cool if I was
1: even like an above-average player. I'd be like, I, I don't, I don't understand how we're quantifying this. Well, I got, like, I got another scenario for you. Feels very radioy. <laughs> like there's not like we're in the podcast
0: game. Everything's quantifiable. I don't feel like most of this is quantifiable. Do you? No. Well, I mean, they'll quantify it, but it's not necessarily a reflection of who deserves the MVP index rating, which calibrates the value of the engagement a player drives across social and digital channels and the meltwater mentions or the frequency with which a player generates coverage across a range of media platforms. Okay, what happens when somebody gets arrested and so they get Google searched, their brand awareness goes through the roof and they finish fourth in a year in which they didn't play eighth i don't know maybe eight is a small enough number that it would never get thrown out of whack for one thing here right but like would tiger have been making the money when he wasn't even was he going to finish first when he wasn't playing on tour just because you know his name was all over every tabloid every internet story
1: well well, do you think anyone on pga tour has been googled more in 2021 than tiger woods
0: i bet rick pressed to say i mean i would love to see what the rankings are right now i you like ricky fowler right he's on I a lot of commercials in,
1: in in recent memory though
0: um last like, year been, ricky was in the top 5 this year like i would imagine bryson is top 3 right now i would think bryson would be one Could or two be. him or tiger yeah. right now and i would so, guess when you start factoring in like tv exposure bryson is number 1 but like
1: do I need to Instagram? Are you are are you saying that if I'm a PGA Tour member, you want me to try to Instagram more to get to make money? Is that like what you're you're basically yes. incentivizing people to be more active on Correct. social media to help out the brand, help out the sport, and we will compensate.
0: Yeah, you for make it. your help make yourself a star. See, this is where I don't think it's crazy what they're trying no, it's to accomplish. No, when I'm when I'm talking it out loud, it makes sense. Make yourself interesting off the course, and that will even if you're not winning, that's okay. You not doing well is important because now you're super famous, right? Like, Ricky Fowler not participating is a story in part because Ricky's on every three commercials. Yes. Ricky missing the Masters is a story because he's famous. Well, why is Ricky famous? It's not from all his wins. I mean, he's good. That's part of it. He was a, he was a good player, but he was, he was sure. marketed
1: very hardcore. Yeah.
0: The way he looks, the way he acts, like, it's all part of his deal. Yeah. Which is fine. I would say I his, his Puma orange outfit was a big deal. Absolutely. Right? That's But that's yeah. a great example. Put him on the map. Put him on the map. So great. You can walk out there in the Payne Stewart. Now you're on what screen would, more?
1: What if you wore like, uh, I guess you can't wear, I was going to say super short shorts. You can't wear shorts. You'd have to do something outrageous, right? It would make more sense to try to like
0: dive in a lake to fish out a ball or something just every week be hitting it in the water on purpose once you've made the cut, but you're not going to win just so you can roll your shoes up and like swing and fall in and i was like is he trying to hit a ball or is he just making a tiktok video during this round Do do you think
1: there's a chance that any guy have done some things extreme for this you
0: think he did that for that i i do now it now there's something to it
1: to me what, what about Horschel losing his shit all the time? He, that he feels might just like just, nut just nut. his deal. But the little, what is it called? The stanky pinky? Yeah, the stinky pinky. The stinky the pinky? pink. <laughs> yeah.
0: Like, I don't know. And is that bad? I don't
1: know. I, I think it's hard. I would doubt that it happens that often if a guy's in contention because you're so locked in. I could see it's like, shit, I'm just... I'm gonna finish between fifteenth and twentieth. Let's do some funny shit. Yeah.
0: And but but I would also say is that enough? Like there's enough here. Again, last year Golf Week said last year it was Tiger, Rory, Kepka, Mickelson, Ricky Fowler, Jordan Speith, Dustin Johnson, Justin Thomas, Justin Rose, and Adam Scott in the top ten. Okay. The stinky panky might if they paid out for the top sixty, maybe helped you out. When they're paying out the top eighth, I don't think it helps you out.
1: An $8 million bonus is not nothing. Now, I think the, the average guy on tour would say, well, look at the guys it's going to. They make so much money, it is nothing to them. And it's just, I think what they're saying is like, you have to find a way to create value for yourself and you can get in the mix. Help, yeah, help us, help, but you, help but us But in out. a weird way, you kind of got to be organic about it. Like, say what you want about Bryson. He
0: got big for golf. Right and his yeah, I mean his Brooks character got around it all the off- the-cour stuff that Brooks brought came after Brooks became really good at golf, right Brooks wasn't he going won. on all the golf podcasts and do it his medal of C- ultra wasn't giving him money what, till how, he won how he acted in the press conferences no one cared about until yeah. he was good so I think the best way to do it is be good. I, I, I say this all the time. I think this is incentivizing the guys who are rich anyway. And this is what it's about, John. It's about incentivizing your stars to who are going to be really rich because of what they make. On They could just play golf, go home, never no, never do one IG post, never appear on anybody's YouTube pod. It's about incentivizing those. To me, it's about incentivizing those guys. It's about, because just looking at last year's, I bet this, the FedEx Cup points, I bet this heavily weights. Your best players are naturally going to be in the mix. Of course. Yeah. So it's about incentivizing your Mike Trouts to just like do some other crazy stuff.
1: Do you think if I want to DM like Bryson, be like, hey, bro, you want to come on our show? And then just hashtag $8 million bonus. Hashtag player impact.
0: <laughs> hashtag yeah. rating. player impact program. Hashtag, uh, uh, what's this other one that was funny? Uh, meltwater mentions. We'll get you a lot of meltwater mentions.
1: I just, I have a hard time with, and I I know a lot of people sell like impressions and all. It's like, like, are you, are you actually like just tweeting something out? What does that actually mean? Or even Instagram video? Like, does it incentivize me to buy followers? Because if yeah. I was a guy making a couple million dollars, like, hey, you want to put ten thousand dollars? Can we buy two million followers? I,
0: I think it incentivizes you to just put yourself <laughs> out there a little more. I think it just incentivizes you to put out, put yourself out there a little more. All right. Um, anything else you want to get to? Hit a few YouTube comments here for the people that have been hanging out with us. We appreciate you. Uh, Daniel asked, "Where did this go?" Daniel said, "Where can you guys please tweet out when you go live?" No, hit the. I mean, sometimes we might, but hit the like button hit the subscribe button and then hit the bell that tells you when we're live that's the key hit the bell yeah uh the comments as we were talking uh, as you might imagine john just popping off with nothing but uh mac jones um golfer's gonna be at googling their names over and over that was a good one T W 6 is that tiger woods you think tw I hope. Um, let's see what else we got here. Patrick I says if Alex here. was thirty and healthy, Gruden would do anything to have him as his QB. He'd be perfect for Gruden. See, I don't know. I think John wants a little more of what Derek brought this year. What's a little more downfield playmaking? What do you think? Well, I think I, I think Derek has a lot of Alex, kind of a
1: stronger arm Alex in his game. Like I think Derek brings you what you'd get in Alex. Right, I don't think it'd be that much different. Derek doesn't turn the ball over anymore. Derek kind of
0: became Alex as, as a player. But with I still think with some of the upside potential. Yeah. Just to make some Alec, throws. Alex's physical talent, he was probably a better runner than Derek.
1: He's bigger. Alex is big tall. Alex uh, is big. But his arm like his arm had limitations. Like you would you would not draft Henry Ruggs. 12 if Alex Smith was
0: your quarterback, right? Yeah. Sorry I'm making these so big. They're not fitting on your pages? That's fine. I'll figure out how to make them smaller next time. Thoughts on Jordan... This is from uh, Runaway Turtle. Thoughts on Jordan Reed retiring? I was constantly looking forward to seeing him and Kittle on the field at the same time. Yeah. I mean, he got a few flashes last year, John. Guy, he's a big-time talent. I mean, he was... He's
1: a guy in the vein of alden but with injuries non like conduct that you go god if he would have stayed healthy i mean you talk he was kind of aaron hernandez-y like there was just from no, a skill standpoint yeah you just how, how do you cover a guy that's 6-3 that can run like that but who's thicker than a wide receiver who's skilled like a wide receiver sad deal man
0: uh, Raymond says, "Field Justin Fields' games against Indiana and Northwestern are not the problem. Guys are expected to have bad games against some good defenses. The problem is he gets away with bad decision-making. So his point is not look at the games or the poor decision-making, more so Indiana, came back to bite him. His point is he got away with it against worse teams and that that is not reflected in the numbers.
1: That's fair. I mean, I you know, in basketball, what do they say? Good offense beats good defense. I think historically in the NFL might be changing a little bit. Good defense can beat good offense, right? Like you can, you can slow down Tom Brady or Peyton Manning. My question though is, and I was, whenever I argue with someone over Justin Fields, like we can't, we can't improve that. Like, is that not an improvable skill? But like Josh Allen, we saw it with Josh Allen. We, hell, we saw some of it with Justin Herbert. Like also, the, to argue Mac Jones, McCorkle, like the number one thing Tua was like, Noses reads! Tua, he can go one to five in the blink of an eye! It's like, well, I watched him in the NFL. It looked like I didn't, fuck, he, is he processing his head? Because he's, the ball ain't going where he's processing. So also, I think sometimes one to five, overvalues. you have time you to get to five?
0: Is your arm strong enough to get it to five?
1: Yeah, I mean, were you going one to five at Alabama because you basically went from Waddle over to Judy with uh, eating a sandwich back there behind the line of scrimmage?
0: Do you think? I mean, do you like what can't be coached up in the NFL? Toughness. Well, I shouldn't I, I shouldn't say can't, but that's one thing that you'd be like the list of things. I think that you you'd I think be you most can impro- cons- I
1: think you can improve toughness okay. if you have some
0: innate toughness in you well yeah if you've got I mean, an eight toughness improve in anything in you, if, you st- if you start if you start why i don't want to say can't i don't want to say but let's go reverse the things that concern you the most that you can't fix them okay bad guy bad guy desire just like do you want to be good at this do you care do you love it or are you just here because you're good at it and it just it was easy yeah these are things that are hard to measure
1: well that's the thing with like tua for example and i think trevor lawrence fits under that bill you would say, and Trevor Lawrence has admitted this, it's like I don't have a huge chip on my shoulder. Like, why would I? I was the number one overall player. I went to Clemson. I dominated. Like, where's my chip? Some guys don't I'm going to go chip, number one. right?
0: At least, do you, does that bother you when a guy says, I don't have a chip? Life's been pretty good? Uh, it doesn't bother me if a guy says, I don't have a chip, because I don't think everybody motivates themselves the same way. It bothers me if he just is like, I don't really, you know, I'll try. I'll give it a shot. Like, if, it's, if he's passive about being good at it, Right. Some guys, some people work out, John, some people work out, get jacked, not because they're trying to show somebody that they're not the fat kid that they used to be. Right. They just they're good at it. They enjoy it. They do it. Yeah. Some people get good at stuff, not because they're trying to prove somebody else wrong. So it does not having a chip doesn't mean necessarily you can't be great. I would say in athletics,
1: there are walks of life where that's probably unhealthy. I'd say pretty consistently athletic. You're trying to prove someone, aka the opponent, aka the a coach. coach, aka yeah. a, you know. The I guy don't think going for a against. second like it's it, unhealthy. Don't it is part of
0: it. I don't think it's unhealthy in sports.
1: I don't think it is either. My overall point, though, I'm not I'm not out by any means on Trevor Lawrence. I would be pretty skeptical just that this is going to go as like Luck did not. No one ever questioned like Lux. They questioned because he was so intelligent. The reason he quit is his body, and he admitted, like, I, I can't do the rehab anymore. And it was three separate major injuries. If Luck had just been had a couple minor, like an ankle tweak or whatever,
0: he, don't you think he's still probably Yeah, playing? I don't think he is... would have retired when he did. I don't think so at all. Because I thought he loved playing. He, he played like he – there's no indication that Andrew Luck didn't love football. In fact, he kept trying to come back because he loved football. So – Um, we just had a few Robert who was here for the first live show thank you Robert good to have you a bunch of other people uh, jumped in on that maybe their first live stream so good to have everybody on the live stream Uh, if you were uh, hanging out on the YouTube we appreciate the um, if you're listening to this podcast get your orders in you know depending on when you listen to it hopefully there's some hats left or orders have already begun to come in just from the live stream so we will uh, attend to those as we can This is our first merch sale, so uh, we'll, uh, you know, try to do it as efficiently as possible. Don't (laughs) hammer (laughs) Hamerman. It's all John's idea. All right. Good pot, everybody. Thanks for hanging. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.